Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlaineCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blen, and I certainly do count it a privilege and an honor to be with you on this, the 17th episode of our podcast. Well, today what we're planning to do is to continue our study on speech therapy. Yep, we started that last time, and we've got to keep this conversation going, literally, to see what it is that we may or may not be doing that's pleasing to God in our speech. So listen, everybody, go ahead and take this opportunity to get your notebooks, get something to write with, get a snack, get your Bibles, and settle on in for the next few minutes. Blaine encourages you, is coming to you with Speech Therapy Part 2. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family. So speech therapy, it starts in the heart. Part two is what's coming up next. Just want to quickly speak to those who are landing on this podcast for the very first time. So since this is a series, it's really going to be best if you can to go back to speech therapy part one. So there are a few ways you can do that depending on where you are right now. If you are on the blankcouragesyou.com site, you can head out to the main page, go where it says series and studies, and you'll see speech therapy right there for you. If you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, sort of the same thing. You just want to exit out of this podcast, head on to the main page, and in sequential order, you'll see all the podcasts. Just go ahead and click on speech therapy part one. And then go ahead and loop back to part two when you have the time. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's jump into speech therapy part two. So last time we were together, we prepped and started our heart surgery, if you will, just realizing that there are so many old things in our hearts or our minds. And you remember that the heart and the mind are connected. So they're really the same thing. And that those bad meditations, the things that God does not want us to continue to turn over in our hearts and minds can get us into big dog trouble. We saw that with the evil thoughts and evil actions of Haman in Esther chapter 3. We also need to understand that many of the adverse thoughts that the enemy brings are really rooted in the lust that is spoken of in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And it reads as follows. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For everything in the world the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its lusts do pass away, but whoever does the will of God abides forever.
So let's take a look, a really quick look at what those three things look like. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And then we'll take a deeper dive into each of those. So the lust of the eyes. If we go back to Genesis chapter 25, Esau wanted his brother Jacob's stew and Esau sold his birthright to get it. And again, that's Genesis chapter 25, verses 30 through 34. When you think about the lust of the flesh, probably what pops into your mind is David and Bathsheba. And you can read that account in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. That'll give you a good start. And then the pride of life. So besides Haman in Esther chapter 3, there is another example that stands out, and that is King Herod, who gave a speech. And this speech was so lauded by the people that Herod did not give God the glory. He took the glory for himself, and the angel of the Lord smote him. And you can find that in Acts chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. So listen, BCU family, this really is, believe it or not, a fixed fight. And you know that God wants us to be victorious over our heart meditations. And he truly does give us the word in which to do it with. If we go back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, from our The Called According to His Purpose study, the scripture reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And verse 2 reminds us to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing, the ongoing renewing of our minds that we may be able to test or prove that which is good and the acceptable, perfect will of God. So when the scripture says to present our bodies that includes the heart and the mind. Acceptable means welcomed, well-pleasing, and favorable. We really cannot present our bodies if the mind and the heart isn't right. So on that wise, let's take a look at the lust of the eye. So since the eyes are the windows to the soul, this particular lust is tied to the soul and also to emotions. Keep that in mind as we're going through this part. So the lust of the eye is tied to the soul and emotions. So really, BCU family, for the most part, every lust comes from a desire, believe it or not, that is good. There's nothing wrong with desiring something. The Word of God lets us to know that God will give us 
the desires of our hearts when we delight ourselves in him. And that's found in Psalm 37 and 4. We desire to work, to have things, to work in a ministry, to be married, to have children. Those desires are all good things. Where we want to be mindful is how the enemy can pervert the good desires in your heart every day with the thoughts that are contrary to how God commands us to think, act, or speak. So the thing is, is think about those desires that we just talked about, working and having things and so on and so forth. Those are all good. But when we start to covet, plot, scheme, start working overtime to the point where we're missing church, saving up our tithes and offering money, not paying our bills, and putting all that money toward accumulating things, that's where the lust comes in. Let's, let's take a look at lust gone awry in 1 Kings chapter 21, verses 1 through 16. Now, I won't read the entire story in your hearing. I'm going to give you a synopsis. And please check out this story, this very important story about lust of the eye when you get a chance. So the story is, is that there was a young man named Naboth who had a vineyard. Very nice vineyard, apparently, because the king, (laughs) King Ahab, wanted it or he coveted it very badly. And he went to make sure that he asked Naboth about it. He offered him money. He offered him another vineyard. And Naboth refused. Ahab, the king, was so upset about not getting his way that he went, laid down on his bed, his face and and his spirit was sad. He would not even eat. Now, his wife, Queen Jezebel, you know, went to inquire Uh, to King Ahab and, and wanted to know what happened. So he explained the story and Jezebel devised a very wicked plot to lie on and have Naboth killed. And then very casually, I told the king that Naboth was dead and the vineyard was now King Ahab's to have. Just like that. Mind you, this couple did not care that an innocent man was killed. His family was probably devastated. You know, it did not matter who they needed to step on to get what they wanted as long as they got it. Mm. Can this apply to us? Maybe not to this extreme, But let's think about this from a couple of angles. For my single folks in the crowd, maybe wanting to get into a relationship or be married because you see, again, lust of the eye, everyone else is in a relationship. So rather than wait on God, we go out of our way or rather out of God's way to make it happen. Only to get, you know, Mr. Or Miss Right Now, instead of Mr. or Miss Right, 
And of course, things are going great initially. That's how the enemy sets you up. And then eventually, the boom is lowered. And you've got some crazy foolishness on your hands that you're asking God to get you out of. That's the lust of the eye, that desire gone bad. What we want to do with the grace of God is to ask God to help us to be content with what we have and to bless us with those extra things that we desire according to when and how he sees fit. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8 remind us that godliness with contentment is great gain. For we have brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we cannot carry anything out. And having food and clothing, let us be content. All right, I can hear some of you saying, well, listen, I'm not single or I'm in a committed relationship, so that's really not my deal. And that's okay. I have a couple of other examples that may apply. So think back. Have you ever wanted something so badly that you skipped out on an obligation in order to get it? I'll share this story with you. Back in my very early saved days, I can distinctly remember having money set aside for a particular bill that needed to be paid. Rather than do that, what I decided to do was to go and get this pair of shoes that I just had to have, y'all. I had to have them. Now, to this day, I cannot tell you where I bought the shoes, what they look like, what I wore them with. Don't remember any of that. What I do recall is that I had a very hard time recouping or getting that money back to pay my bill. So I let my covetous heart take over so that my stewardship skills went out of the window and I had to scramble, probably work some overtime or whatever I had to do at the time to catch up with that particular bill. The lust of the eye. Again, a desire gone bad. Okay? So if that doesn't fit the bill for you, think about the lust of the eye and the desire to play. And what I mean by that is, is socializing, taking a break. You know how we're at work and, you know, we talk a little bit about things that are not necessarily work-related. That's all right. Playing Candy Crush or a movie marathon. We all like and desire and need to relax the mind, to chit-chat and things along those lines. So it's not bad in and of itself. What happens is the scales start tipping in the area of lust when the desire to play outweighs the desire to work. And this is when chronic slothfulness or slothfulness and laziness creeps in. A Sunday off here, missing a Bible study there, half doing what you've been called to do. Maybe not tending to the house, not taking care of yourself, burying your talent, 
not calling a brother or a sister, sending a note of encouragement, not witnessing, all because you don't feel like it, you're not in the mood, you need a break from the people, the chores, what's going on at work, or have gotten into a habit of a lifetime movie marathon or whatever your go-to play routine is. Now, mind you, while we all need days and times to unplug, recharge, and refresh, that is definitely part of the will of God, we also need to know that we are accountable for the time that God gives us. And while we are working, that time that God designates for us to be working, whether it's in the secular world, the job that he's called us to, or in the ministry, we have got way too much responsibility to practice being slowful. With God's grace, we want to ask for wisdom to know how to spend the time that he gives us. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 through 17 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. All right, family, so let's look at something that you probably haven't thought about, and that is safety. Yeah, safety. So just about everybody, I I believe everybody, that they don't, they should. They have a desire to be safe. We have a desire to know that our loved ones are safe, our jobs are safe, that bridge that we're crossing over is safe. Yeah, absolutely. That is very basic. And there is nothing wrong with that desire in its rightful place. Where it gets to be a lust, where it goes too far, is when the emotion kicks in. And that that emotion is fear. So fear can come in the form of being cowardly, worry, panic, having irrational thoughts, or making emotional decisions. Okay, so let's go back. And we we talked about this in the call according to his purpose, part six, I believe, part five and part six, uh, the unprofitable servant. Yes, remember him in Matthew 25, the one who buried the talent? Yes, yes. During accounting time, verse 25 in Matthew chapter 25 reminds us that the servant told his master that he was afraid. He was afraid and went to hide his talent in the earth. That excuse did not cut it with the master. He called the servant wicked and slowful and proceeded to cast him into outer darkness where there was weeping. Ooh, BCU family, Matthew chapter 25. That is really a sobering account of what happens when we try to keep something safe 
And we are so fearful of something happening to it that we will bury it or cover it or hide it or worry about it rather than let the Lord help us to take care of it or rather than entrusting it to the Lord or rather than entrusting that the Lord is going to help us with it, whatever it is. And you can see that for the unprofitable servant, it was not a good end. So we cannot, with the grace of God, let fear rule in our hearts. Rather, the love of God should rule in our hearts. So I know that it's a very scary world that we live in, that when we have to you know, get up in front of people or use the gifts or talents that God has given us or send our families off to school or whatever it is, that it can be a little trying on the heart. What we want to do, once again, is ask God to sustain our hearts, and he will do it if we ask. Also, let's keep in mind what Timothy said. And we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and the sound mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. All right, BCU family, so we have got to bring our study to a close. Yes, I know it was getting really good to me, and I hope it was getting good to you as well. So listen, with the grace of God, let's start paying more attention to what's in our thoughts and our hearts and asking God to show all of us, even if it's a little painful, what areas need more attention or a purge and then asking God for his help to overcome those areas and creating in us a clean heart. We also want to make sure that we step up the gatekeeping of our heart as directed in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. All right, and stay tuned for next time, everybody, because we're going to continue our speech therapy, Lord will, with looking at the lust of the flesh. So you certainly don't want to miss that. Thank you all so much for tuning in and for stopping by. May God bless you. May he keep you and make his face to shine upon you. And until we meet, stay on the wall.